wake up and get out of bed. Don't delay your sleepy head. Grab a seat on the couch. Listen to what we're talking about in a Saturday morning pajamas. Hello and welcome. Grab yourself a tub of popcorn, a soda, some milk goods, perhaps. As Saturday Morning Pajamas presents at the matinee. Da 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 da. I'm your host Jackson. I'm here with the lovely AJ this evening, or day, or morning, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> yes, this is a special edition of the podcast because we've decided that we were going to go see a midnight viewing of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Yeah. Apparently there was a subtitle. Also, apparently, midnight screening means 7.45 in the evening, uh, and this was not the first showing of the day, but, you know, we want 2D, and we want the theater with the damn comfy reclining seats, so yep. that was what we have. So just to let you know how this podcast is going to run a little bit, we are going to break this up into a few different sections, so starting out with the least spoily bit possible, and we will warn you before we get into any spoilers at all. Yeah. We're gonna do. We're gonna do our best. I mean, just to let you know, we're gonna go as little spoilers as possible. Break. Little, a little, bit, little more. bit more. Break, and then we're just gonna go full on out. So you know, you you are gonna be warned, and you can decide when you want to stop, when you want to pause, and come back, whatever you want to. do. So that being said, why don't we get into the basic premise of this reboot? Because yes, this is a reboot. It's not a remake. It's not a sequel. It's not a requel that some people were calling it. It's it's not even like the Friday the 13th that came out some years ago where they referenced the original. No. This is a completely new universe, a complete remake. Think of it like a just a gender swap. When, a fan fiction gender swap using those characters, but just completely new story, okay? So, all right, let's get going. All right, so, plot. We have our straight man. Uh, Aaron, played by Kristen Wiig, and she she's a professor. She's very studious and all this stuff. Her and her friend Abby are both scientists, except they've taken very different life paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, she's at prestigious university. Columbia University. Yes, which was actually the university they filmed the original Ghostbusters at, except on the stipulation that they not say where they filmed the original movie at. Yes. Abby, however, she's teaching at some institute. Look, they don't really go into it. It's just another school, not as not really prestigious at all. Um, but she's teaching there, and she's into researching the paranormal, which was a passion that her and Aaron had growing up. Yep, throughout high school, the time they met, and throughout probably the college years, I would say. Yeah, I, I'm guessing maybe their twenties. They had a falling out, or just drifted apart, whatever. Or Erin got her job at her prestigious, prestigious university. And things changed. Yes. However, due to circumstances, read plot, they are now back together. Um, they are joined by... Uh, Anna Kendrick, who plays Holtzman. Not Anna Kendrick. It's not Anna Kendrick? No, it's Kate McKinnon. Oh, Kate McKinnon. I don't know why I got that name mixed up. Kate McKinnon, who plays Holtzman. Uh, she is... She's an engineer. She... She has, like, the most amazing mind because she can just build things. Think of Gadget from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, just a little bit more... What's the word? Uh, quirky? Sure, we'll go quirky. I, I You know, I, I'd look at her, you know, 
not to compare the two movies, but she's more, she's the Egon character, but she is a, definitely a lot more quirky, less Asperger's. Yes, definitely. She is a little bit more outgoing and just, she doesn't take life too seriously, yeah. basically. So now the three of them, through the magic of plot, now decide that, the, you know, they believe in ghosts. And because Well, considering two of them are tech, start out the movie as full-on believing in ghosts. True. So, yeah. Spoiler there. Whatever. Yeah. So, you know someone has to believe in ghosts. It's Ghostbusters, okay? Yeah. So they... Let's see. What's the word that I want? Because they believe in ghosts and no one believes them, they decide... They've set out to prove that, you know what? Ghosts exist. That is the driving force behind the plot of this movie. Yes. Where the original is Bill Murray's idea, let's make some money. No, this one is, we want proof that the science is here. We want For proof science! Yes! Alright. Along the way in their adventures and their research, they uh, take on a fourth member. Um, Patty, played by actress whose name I don't remember. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I... Yeah, and you heard you heard me earlier. I thought that um, one of them was Anna Kendrick. So and I'm horrible with names. Like I knew Melissa McCarthy was in this. I knew Kristen Wiig was in it, but mm-hmm. it didn't click in my head who she actually was until after the movie. And I was like doing research. Uh, just about everyone else except for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you much else they've been in. Um, but so they're joined by Patty, who she's a transit worker. She knows the city. She is. She is their she is their link to the community, to the city, to all the myth and nostalgia. Think of her and almost, the history. Yeah, kind of like how Ray always was spouting off all those little random tidbits in the first movie. She knows that, but on a more grounded level. Yeah. And then we have their ghostbusting staff person of Kevin, played by Chris Hemsworth. Um, Aaron has a slight crush on him. I don't know anyone else who would have that Facebook crush. Oh, no, no. Um, no one would have a crush on Chris Hemsworth. No. You know, he's not... He, he, it's not like he's completely and totally dreamy and cut and quirky. And eye candy. Yeah. He, he He's essentially as... Spoilers, but he's essentially as dumb as Rocky is in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. You know what it is? Just click, click to me. You know in all the movies, or especially older ones with this, had here's the blonde bimbo woman. She knows shit, but we have her around because she looks good. He is the male equivalent to that. Yes. To a T. He is the he is the male eye candy. Yeah, and it's just, it plays it so well. Um, so now, we have everyone together. What happens? Well, there's some ghosts, there's some fighting, there's some busting, there's plot, there's this, there's that. All in all, things go great. No, of course there's busting because, you know, Busting makes you feel good. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. We'll pretend that was in tune of any sort. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Well, no, we can't do. We can't pretend, pretend I mean, it was in tune because, hey, content ID. True. Which, uh, luckily for me, it won't pick up. Yeah, no. No one's going to watch this or listen to this. I meant no one's going to pick up my singing. It actually resembles music. Oh, right. That, too. <laughs> but. Anyway. That's as much of the plot as I want to really give away because... Overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I'm with you on that one entirely. I really enjoyed this movie. I urge you, please, 
Go see it. Go see it with an open mind. Don't look. Don't look at this movie as it's a Ghostbusters movie. Look at it as as at it as a look at it as it, it is a. It's its own thing. Yes. It's a great movie. Don't compare it to the original. You might get a few laughs out of. A few callbacks. A few callbacks, but don't look at it as you know it's a Ghostbusters movie. Oh, and they just made it with chicks. No, it's its own movie. And they have to go into their own explanation, their own origin story. It's a good movie. Go see it, please. Yes. Okay. Because well, I, I want a sequel and I want toys. Oh, yes. And we'll get, we'll get more into that after the break. We're going to take a little message from one or two of my fellow podcasters, and then we'll be back. And we're going to go over some little tidbits that we liked. Um, there'll be slight spoilers here, but it's not going to be like the big giveaway. Just a few little scenes here or there because of things in them that we liked. So we will be right back, so we will see you in a moment. Do you ever watch Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. If you love Kung Fu, join me on the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss, debate, and dissect Kung Fu and martial arts movies past, present, and future. Available now on iTunes and Google Play Music. You can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Kung Fu Drive-In, the Facebook page Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, or our blog, KungFuDriveIn.com. Just remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. I know Kung Fu. I just realised, Tom, we got to do a promo for the Movie Source Effects podcast, and we don't have any fucking music to go with it. We need to find a composer then, don't we? Someone like, maybe, Danny Elfman? Oh, God. How, how would that go? How'd, how'd... I don't know, but I feel like you're going to tell me. I imagine it goes something like... Something like that. If you want to hear more stuff like this, head over to the Moviesaurus Rex podcast. Or don't. Or, or don't. It don't, it don't really fucking matter, does it? Do what you want. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe do. Or don't. Please. <laughs> Please. Please listen to us. Welcome back. Okay, so as I said before the break, we're now going to talk about some of our some of the things we like. Just little tidbits here or there. Nothing outright spoilerly. We're not going to tell you who Luke's father is. We're not going to tell you what Rosebud is. But you might learn something. If you really don't want to know, pause this, go check out the movie, please, and then come on back. And By the way, Darth Vader sled. Huh? Oh, yeah. Thanks, AJ, for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start here, and that is one thing I really, really liked about this movie. Just overall, the trailer does not include the all of the best scenes in the movie. Yes, the trailer did have some good scenes in it, and there was a lot of laughs from the packed audience when we saw this during those scenes, but they weren't the best ones. There was still a lot more. And, you know, to add on to that, I there was not a lot of laughs in the movie, but, I mean, it, for me, I was, I was very much entertained the entire movie, and I did get some good laughs out of it myself. And there were some times where, of course, as always in a movie, especially a comedy movie, I was the only one in the theater laughing. Same here. There was a couple moments where I was the one laughing. There were moments where I was mad at myself from laughing because it was a stupid joke. But you yeah. know what? 
I was entertained. It was in the moment. It didn't feel out of place. So I call that a win for the movie. Mm -hmm. And there's also, you know, talking about the trailer, you know, there were scenes that weren't, you know, shot in the trailer that were just not in the movie. You know, scenes shot for the trailer. Like, for example, one of my favorite examples of this was when I was a kid, I went to go see Half-Baked in theaters. Mm -hmm. And in all the trailer shots, you'd see there's this scene of... uh, um, what's his name? Brewer? Yeah, Brewer. Of uh, Brewer running down the f- down the sidewalk and he's trying to jump over a meter and crushes himself in the nuts. And he's, he puts over the la- the um, the voiceover, I'm a professional meter hopper. And yeah, I remember seeing that in the trailer and, trailer and going, oh, I want to see that in the movie. I mean, given I would have seen it, but still. I watched the movie, beginning to end. That was not in the movie and that always kind of annoyed me. I cannot think of a specific example off my head, off the top of my head, similar to that. But I know I've seen it plenty of times where the trailers are shot like nowadays. Trailers are shot like six months to a year before the movie's released. <clears throat> Star Wars, uh, Star Wars story, whatever. Rogue One, yeah, no. These there were scenes. Um, to give you an example from the movie, in the trailers you'll see the scene where it shows the spray paint on the subway wall, the Ghostbusters logo. You would think that oh, that's just for you know, that's just some promo thing they did. No, there's actually a full scene about how that gets there that fits in the story and isn't just wasting time. Yes. Um, additionally, if you remember from the trailers, they have that little piano playing part of the theme song. And you think, okay, someone just remix that a bit for the trailer. No, there's actually a part in the movie where that music is played mm-hmm. and it has a purpose. I was very surprised. I thought they did that very well. And, you know, and talking about sound and stuff like that, I like. I mean, I like how this movie is grounded in reality, mm-hmm. and that they actually did bring up something that always kind of wor- made me think about in the original movie, which was how the sirens sound and the flashing lights. And wouldn't they get in trouble for that? They actually bring it up as a point in the movie. Because you know, this is not a. It's not an emergency vehicle. I mean, technically, I mean, you can basically put down ghost busting as. I'm calling the exterminator. Mm-hmm. Granted, usually the bed bugs, the rats aren't going to kill you. Well, in in New York, they might. This is true, but in general, it's still it's not. You know, usually you think ambulance, fire truck, police. They get the sirens. They get people out of the way. The Ghostbusters in 1984 and 2016, they have these sirens, and someone says, like, do you know how many laws wherever you're breaking? Apparently, it's not one or two. That's the only spoiler I'm going to say about yeah. that. <laughs> and there's also, I, I have to point out, a lot of people, when the first trailer came out, were really shitting on the um, the CG in the movie. You know what? For the most part, I really liked the CG. I thought it looked good. And they even extended on into the credit sequence, when there's a point where, during the credits, they use a scene that I'm assuming is either going to be in an extended cut of the movie, or they just decided to film it and use it for the credits. Mm-hmm. where um, someone's character is making a group of people dance cut through possession. And, and while he's doing that, he's, you know, shooting off these, I guess, ectoblasts, ectoprojectiles, if you'd call them that, and he's moving the credits around to make space for him. Like, the credits, like, they might be scrolling down to the middle of the screen, and one of those little blasts hits them, and now they all slide to the right, and now they're on the right side of the mm-hmm. screen, or, or similar to that, and... You know what? I want to see that scene in an extended cut because that was like a really good scene. Um, and maybe you saw Chris Hemsworth dancing, and that's just a good scene in my mind. Yeah. 
And but it's still it it would have been great to see in the movie. But and you know, there's a lot of good songs in the movie that could be danced to too, but I mean, how many different versions of this damn song are they going of the actual original Ghostbusters theme are they gonna make? How many remixes are they gonna do? On the soundtrack, because I researched this because I questioned this. We have a pretty faithful version of the original Ray Parker Jr. song by Walk the Moon. Mm-hmm. We have the Fall Out Boy featuring Missy Elliott um, mashup pop song version. And then we have Pentatonics doing mm-hmm. a cappella version, as well as Ray Parker Jr.'s original is on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a bunch of other songs that might incorporate bits or pieces here. And then randomly a DMX song that we just saw in the Deadpool movie. But, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's just a popular song at the moment. At the moment, it, and like how many years ago too? True, but I mean it's a good song too. Oh yeah, not denying that. Yeah, but it was just like, do we need to copy the song like fifty times? Yeah, and you know, there. I mean, there are faults with the movie as well as the soundtrack. I'm not gonna say this is the best movie ever. It's it's not, but it's damn entertaining. But there are things that I I found wrong with it. I mean, for example, uh, so. It's a bit of a spoiler here. I mean, they do, if you haven't already heard it... Um, there are cameos. There are cameos from the original cast of the movie. And when anytime they do those cameos, reference it, kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. Some more than others, and we'll actually go into details on that in the third section of the podcast when we go into all spoilers, but mm-hmm. it, there are a few things that's just like, oh, that's the original, that's not this story, that's this other story. Yeah, and, and while you're thinking about that, I mean... They, you know, they do that. They make you think you. It make it sounds like they want you to call back to the original movie, but in essence, this movie doesn't kind of have the same feeling as the original movie. This one, it feels a little bit goofier. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast about the original Ghostbusters, how there's a bit more scariness to it, even though this one's rated PG-13 when that was rated PG, but. PG-13 rating wasn't around back then either. Well, and even then, PG-13 rating doesn't mean anything anymore anyway. They might as well just go back to calling them all PG. Yeah. But my point is that the, um, it doesn't have that same scariness. It's, this is more like a mystery, where that had a little bit more of the scary factor to it. The original did. It it did, and there were scenes in this movie that did have that kind of scary factor, but... No, it, it was a bit more goofy than the original. I mean, they, they they tried to make it into more of a comedy than a horror comedy. Yes, and, and just speaking off that word goofy, one of the things I said after the movie was that this film actually reminded me or made me feel more like I was watching the Extreme Ghostbusters cartoon than the 1984 movie. Because um, there's just a few scenes that are just goofy and... There is one of the stupidest things ever, but I love it. It's one of my favorite parts. And I just think, you know what? That does fit totally within the cartoon world. And it's not a bad thing. It's because it's they're playing it straight. Yeah. So it makes it so it doesn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, you know, while we're talking about, you know, faults with the movie, the movie itself did feel a bit long. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself the entire movie, but... There's, they got to a point in the movie where I'm sitting there, I'm going, this feels like it should be over now. Why is this, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a good, it, it wasn't a good ending point, but it was still, it's at a point where you're like, is this still going? I'm, su- I'm just surprised that this movie is still going. I am, 
I think for me, part of the reason is I had to pee like halfway through the movie, so that was totally awesome. Because I'm like, great, third act, can't go, something's going to happen. Large no. soda. Large soda plus a cider. Yeah. Oh, that I was a smart one there. Yep. <laughs> but the it has sort of that issue that Les Mis had, where I think a few more establishing shots, just setting up how we got from point A to point B, might have helped just explain what's going on. Because mm-hmm. I think part of what made it feel long is you just not knowing where is this going. Because after a certain point in the movie, it becomes less of this is interesting and where are they going with this. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are a lot of shots they could have cut out of the movie. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked them, and I appreciated the joke that they put them in there for, but, for example, I mean, there's a couple couple different scenes in the movie where they essentially are kind of taking jabs at internet commenters. Oh, because yeah. Because of the, um, and you can see, it's obviously they're making fun of the backlash of the trailer. And, oh my god, they're women Ghostbusters, uh... But, you know, they could have cut that... I mean, it was... Like I said, I appreciated the joke, but they could have easily cut that out, and it would, wouldn't would have gotten... It wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah. And then there was a... Near the beginning of the movie, there was a few jokes that... Well, not really crude. They... It was fart joke humor. Yeah. It was basically... That's what it is. Fart joke, queef joke. It was... You know, the girls are the queef sisters. I'm sorry. From South Park, they're the queef sisters. You know, and the thing is, I... I tend to appreciate that humor a little bit more than you do. Yeah. And but you, I, I can understand people being kind of squeaked out by it. I wasn't really squeaked out by it. I was just like, this is lowest common denominator. Um, for the record, I did not enjoy the movie Bridesmaids. Oh. We neither did AJ, but we've agreed we're at some point we're going to rewatch it and just figure out what it is we didn't like. We both had different scenes where we just were like, that part made me laugh. The rest of it, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Point being, though, when I heard that this movie had that Bridesmaids connection, I got worried. I got really worried that this was just going to be a lot of lowest common denominator, let's do a bunch of fart jokes and less plot. But you know what? Those fart jokes turned out to not be very many, and they went away pretty fairly quickly. So it there was a few near the beginning, but then after that, if they had any, it really didn't stick out in my mind. Yeah. And so it was, it did become a much more thoughtful movie. Um, one thing I do want to make a comment out that I really, really, really liked about the movie is um, this is going to be a good thing about, since all the women, well, two of the women are scientists, one of the women is an engineer, Patty is a really street smart person, she she respects herself, she dresses well, she, she gets her job done, she, slight spoiler here, she actually volunteers for the Ghostbusters, they don't go hiring. She comes volunteering to want to work from because she has that passion. This is a great role model for girls and stuff because it's going to show girls like you can be interested in science and engineering, all these uh, things where it's sometimes girls get backlash. So I thought that's kind of cool too. I agree. I think it's I think this movie does have the chance to be very a very good kind of role model aspect to it. And you know what? It, in its essence, it is kind of a girl power film. Yeah. But, but it's not it's not the stereotypical, oh, girl power. It's it's a, hey, we're women. Who gives a shit? Exactly. It doesn't shove it down your throat. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm a woman. Your point? Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway. So, that's our little tidbits. I do want to take another quick break to hear from one of my fellow podcasters. And when we get back, we're going to get into... The spoilers. 
So I hope you will join us. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, like I said, just give us a little pause. Just give us a little pause and head on back once you've seen the movie. Be back in just a moment. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the friends and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod, at S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. And welcome back. Alright, so now as we said before, it's time to get into some spoilers. Uh, I want to thank you all for sticking with us, and want to remind you that you can always check out those other podcasts you've heard from. As well as if you like this show even a little bit, maybe consider becoming a patron or a Patreon. Uh, there's a tip jar on the, our website at nonoms.net. That's N-O-N-O-M-S dot net that you can go and check out if you're interested in more information. Um, but that's my little plug. Let's go back into talking about the spoilers. AJ, how would you like to start? All right. So Giz is getting into a bit more spoiler territory, of course. Um, the movie... Uh, in, in a way, tends to follow the same beats as the original Ghostbusters movie. Um, and there are certain beats, like I was saying earlier, there's bits that could be left out that definitely could have been taken out of the movie and you wouldn't have lost much. Mm-hmm. All of I mean, all of a sudden, the mayor comes and picks them up and brings them to her place, and it just wasn't really fleshed out. They were in the in the original movie. The mayor was kind of there, like there was a reason for him to be there. There yeah. was panic in the city, and he's trying to get an understanding of why the explosion happened, what's going on. As well, there's the EPA guy. Um, EPA guy. EPA. EPA. There's the uh, Dickless, who's yes. talking about the EPA and the and the, the nuclear weapon missions. Which, for the record, no one gives a shit about the nuclear possibilities of them blowing shit up, even though they are practicing their weapons and testing them outside in the alleyway where people can see them and get hurt. Yeah. But no and one gives a shit. And we've seen this in the scenes when they're testing the weapons. Yeah. There's actually a scene in one of the trailers where Melissa McCarthy is just, like, fighting a, a gator or something, based, as she says. You're riding a beam. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know what? Like I said, you know, it's just one of those things that they could have taken out the whole mayor thing in this movie, and it wouldn't have lost much because the mayor's there for conflict. That's all he's there for, and it it just felt forced. It it really did. But um, I mean, that's the only that's one of the few complaints I really do is just that a character they threw in there just didn't feel like he needed to be there. Right, and then another bit is speaking of ones that paralleled the original. At the beginning, instead of the library, we're at this old historic house, and this guy's giving a tour, and something creepy happens, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, I do, I did appreciate that, because it kind of did set the scene for things. It, the tone of it didn't really match the rest of the movie. Like, it's, it was a lot, cre- it was one of the creepier things that happened. Well, it was giving you that kind of horror vibe that you got from the beginning of the original Ghostbusters. Right. But then... Aside from, well, I guess the original one really didn't mention that much at, after either, but it still, it just felt, 
They could have trimmed that down, or they could have worked it a little bit more into the story. And that was, I just remembered, that was some, something that we were talking about on the way home. We were trying to remember those, how many gross-out jokes there were. And there was another one right at the beginning of the movie that I completely forgot about until now. Oh, yeah, there was, when the guy's giving the tour, he talks about how they had an Irish, anti-Irish face. No, 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 and that's not what I was talking about. There was another thing I when, was going to say. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I just don't remember what it was. <laughs> okay, um, when the guy's outside the, um, outside the place... <gasps> And the other guy comes out and says, oh, no, he shot himself. He straight up shot himself. He was so scared. Yep. And, yeah, it's, it's just like... You it didn't need that. No, it didn't need it. It it didn't build it. It didn't, it didn't push the story forward anymore. No. In fact, it kind of then took like a, a minute, only a minute or two, but a minute or two of... But a detour that it didn't need. Yes. But, um, and, you know, but, I mean, not to say that there's, again... There's not a lot wrong with the movie. We're having to pick really hard to find these scenes. Yeah, and but and there's, like for example, I mean, out of just the good things I could say, you know, design in this movie. I love the design in this movie. I mean, the fa- the um the main villain tends to is making these things to break through the ethereal plane. Yes, and the he's using these little devices, which coincidentally, why did the um. Why didn't the Ghostbusters? Why didn't the Ghost Girls see that when they went back to the mansion? Because you know they actually never covered the fact that that was there. They they showed you in the very beginning that there was something under that was lit up. Li- that was lit up, but and sparking too. I remember it sparked a little bit. But, but they yeah. But they never saw it in the mansion, so it, it never got brought up again until the next time you see one of those devices, which is in the subway. Right, and so. That is just a little point I thought of. But the overall design is they have a steampunkish look to them, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool and unique. Because um, basically these were cobbled together by, what did I call him here? Bellhop McPlumber, because he looked like he was wearing a Bellhop's uniform. Yeah, but his name was Rowan. Rowan. Uh, and if you've, seen, if you've looked at the toys like we did before the movie, you might recognize the name Rowan as, as the big, you know, beast that looks like the Ghostbusters logo. Kinda, yeah. So. Um, which actually was a really interesting look, because it goes back to the effects you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And they just had this really great, unique design to them. Oh, and why don't you talk about that one scene we both really liked with the uh, balloons? With the balloons, yeah. So, and uh, that's another thing, if you've looked at the toys, you'll, I'm sure you've seen the new design for the Stay Puft Marshmallow, how he looks like a balloon. Well, you know, that they do play that scene in here where... All the ghosts are going crazy, and it's a bunch of haunted balloons going down the street. Like Macy's Haunted Thanksgiving Day Parade. But the design on these balloons was so kind of awesome and creepy. It, it makes you think back to those creepy photos you see on the internet where someone goes, no, this was actually something that was common in the 1940s or sometime yeah. around then. Or, or early part of the 19th century. But yeah, it was either way, it was just a really well-designed scene. I like... Like I said, I already I like the design in this movie. I like the visuals in this movie. Uh, the the uh, Ecto you've already seen it from the commercials. Ecto looks more like a hearse than it did in the first one. Which mm-hmm. on one hand you can complain um, that why does it do that? On the other hand, I'm like, no, that just gives another feel to it. It makes it look more authentic. And I, there was something I just remembered that we haven't talked about yet. You noticed how when um, when Rowan took over and became you know became this big ghost thing and. She, let loose his power. Yeah. He goes, let's return New York to its glory days. New York returned to the 70s. If you look at all the posters are changing, one of them changes to a poster, 
uh, poster in Times Square advertising taxi driver and oh, stuff like that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So I mean, if you want, I noticed that while I was watching the movie, and it, it, the all the whole background of New York changed to a New York in the seventies, late seventies. So the time of Studio Fifty Four was the glory days. Well, yeah, but you know, the guy's kind of a goofy, nerdy guy, and they want, you know, I think they might might have wanted to try and show how out of touch he was. Yeah, because he he had he had hipster written all over him. He had hipster, and he had. I am going to play the eternal victim, no matter how much you try to make to tell me I'm not. I'm gonna still believe I am. Yeah. Um. With uh, speaking of specific scenes, I just want to talk about the stupidest thing that made me laugh and love at the same time. Mm-hmm. At some Slimer appears. So we say everyone. We mean everyone. Yeah. The, everyone makes a call. Well, not everyone makes a callback, but almost everyone. Yes. But Slimer shows up eating out of a hot dog cart like he did in the original, mm-hmm. um, and well. he steals Ecto-1. Because, you know what? Why the fuck not? Well, later on, we see him driving around. He has a girl Slimer. Yep. And there's a ton of other ghosts hanging out in the hearse, just partying like it's a limo. And I don't know why, but I just love that scene. It just makes me think of the cartoon and just how, how like, over the top, like... And goofy it is. Yes. And it's just it's just great. I'm like... That fits the Slimer from the cartoon as it, well. It really does. And, you know, that was... I, I agree. I liked that scene. I thought it was stupid as hell, but I liked it. Um, you know, but, you know, there were some really goofy bits. And, you know, as any movie nowadays has to do, they threw in... A blockbuster movie is what I should say. Has to do... They had to throw in the, the you know, the dangle of, oh, we're going to have a sequel. Oh, we're going to have a sequel. They even did that in Gem, so, you know, it doesn't mean all good movies do it, but yeah, this one what this people, one deserves it. Yeah, what people expect are going to be blockbusters do it. So, this, you know, at the end of the movie, we get, of course, our obligatory post-credits sequence. They're, back, they're in their new headquarters. location, headquarters, and they're all testing their stuff, and you see Patty's listening to a, a tape, and rewinding, and forwarding, and rewinding, and forwarding. With her headphones on while everyone's doing all their own other things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Patty kind of is like, that's strange. Everyone calls around her, and she looks around and is like, anyone know what a Zool is? I'm really hope. Part of me really hopes they bring that back in the sequel. Part of me... But I want to see them do their own thing with Zool, because they can. That's, that's the thing. I want to see them do their own thing, or, or just, you know what, if you want to be a callback, just reference a case where, like... Bring it back. Next movie's like six months, a year mm-hmm. later, and they reference like, okay, we've locked up with Zool, or we just kind of make a passing reference that we took care of it, mm-hmm. you know, just to show, okay, that did happen, but we're doing our own thing now. Yeah. And I think that would just be great. All right. And- um. So last thing you want to talk about was cameos, was it? Yeah. I'll, let's go over my biggest problem with this movie, and that is the cameos. And uh, like I like we said in the beginning. And almost any reference to the original movie just kind of takes me out of it because I'm sitting there going, oh, that's a reference. Oh, that's a reference. Oh, that's a reference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the cameos, some of them good. Most of them didn't need to be there or bad. Um, during the start of the movie, you're, you know, when she's going through the college, uh, you see on in one of the hallways, busted Harold Ramis. Female Harold Ramis. No, it was just a regular Harold Ramis. There was curly hair on that thing. Yeah, and Harold Ramis had curly hair. Oh, okay. 
According to the internet trivia I read, it was female. Ah, uh, that's... I think that's a load of horse crap. No, did you say someone asked why... One of the people in the theater asked why... Yeah, someone... At the end of the movie, they were talking about... Uh, someone, to your right, was taught... Was that... Well, where was Harold Ramis in the movie? He died... Did you not see the big thing at the end of the credits that dedicated oh, the they left, credits? Be- they left before that. Okay. Um, but for me, with the cameos, there was a the enjoyability of uh, the cameo is proportioned to how long that cameo is. Yep. The longer the cameo, the worse it was. Yeah. Bill uh, Murray had more than one scene and kind of the worst cameo. And also, I think part of my um, apprehension with that is also that I've heard the articles where he was really just he felt he was forced into it. And I'm just and you, so I'm trying to figure out if it's just my own thoughts, if I could just tell that he didn't care, no, or he, if that's, he, he, that's just Bill Murray nowadays. Anyway, he seems like he doesn't care about anything. He has his millions. What does he care? Exactly. But then he can stay the hell out of movies and stop ruining other people's stuff. Dan Aykroyd came in, you know, as a taxi, as a taxi driver. driver. Nice little nod. He made this. He made an offhanded comment about, oh yeah, these are only level five specters, free flo- re- level five free fo- free floating specters, and I'm like, it. Is no one going to point this out that he knew exactly what they were and what's going on? Speaking of that, there was a comment somewhere in the movie, I think when they're in the mayor's office, about how things happen, then people forget about them and they come back. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell if that's just a comment on how we keep having all these reboots of things from the 80s. I think that's what it was. I think it was a it was, it's not a, I don't think it's a comment on reboots. I think, well, it is a comment on reboots, but I think it's. Something that started back when Brady Bunch movie came out. It's just a lot of things are being remade and reboot, rebooted into movies nowadays because no one has an original idea anymore. To point out the scene from the Simpsons episode, mm-hmm. Helter Shelter, when the Simpsons are forced to live in a reality show house because their house is being fumigated, at some point the show becomes stale, and all the executives try to think of a new idea. They pull out their TVs and start flipping channels until mm-hmm. they find some. Okay, and then next, the next, um, next one is Annie Potts. She played um, a receptionist at the same hotel that Rowan worked at. And she did use her catchphrase "What do you want?" like she did in the. What do you want? Yeah. And hers was, hers was. It was. Murray's care acting was the most forced. Her character in the film was the most forced. Like, yeah. We need her. Like it. It. We just wanted to put her in there for a cameo. That's we, all it was. We need to find a way here. Um, and then that come, you know, then there's Ernie Hudson comes in end of the movie. My favorite. He plays Patty's uncle. Patty's uncle had loaned her a hearse for them to use for the Ecto. Uh-huh. And after all the big bag showdown and the Ecto one is gone, like seriously gone, he's asking like, "Where's my hearse at?" And it's it's uh, it's such a small little moment, but it closes up that loophole about. How do we explain the missing car? What are we yeah. going to do about the car? Especially since it was his hearse. Yes, and apparently he needs them for funerals, and he doesn't have enough room to double-stack bodies. And then during the credits, we get our final cameo. Uh, is Sigourney Weaver playing the mentor of Holtzman. Yes. Uh, hers, I really don't know what to think about her or her whole thing. It was forced. It was it okay. was more than forced. It it didn't need to be there and even she at the she made a comment at the end is like uh something about like did it, this didn't need to be here or something like that. And you're like I don't know if that was her just saying something after cut and then letting it go or what, but it 
it didn't feel right. It, it, it just was there. Yeah, and then, and then outside of Slimer and the reference to Zool, the only person missing from the original is Rick Morass, who was offered a role but declined, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are not aware, Rick Moranis uh, retired from acting years ago. When, when his, his wife died, so he can take care of his kids. Yeah, I think it was when she got sick, actually, but for yeah. whatever reason, he decided to stop down from acting, and his kids are grown now, but you know what? He doesn't miss it. He's fine. He didn't want to do anything forced. Yep. So, I'm about that. Oh, but there was one other person in the original we didn't see. Where was Ron Jeremy? He was supposed to be in the crowd somewhere. Oh, come on now. He wasn't even technically supposed to be in the original. He could have been the mayor. That would have been awesome. Actually, that would have been pretty damn funny. But I, that would have given it that kind of Cheesiness. too too much, too much. Too much show. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's pretty much, I think, all we have to say about this movie. Yeah. Uh, go see it. We definitely recommend it. Um, it. Our theater was packed, though. We did have one of the smaller theaters at the chain just mm-hmm. because the 3D showings got the bigger theaters. Yep. Um, I would encourage you all to take it, check it out, and let me know what you think about the movie. Leave a comment on the blog post at nonoms.net, and if you know we hear anything good, we might discuss it on one of our upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, if you did see the movie, you know what? What was your favorite part? Let us know. You know, mm-hmm. just let us know what you thought. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I do want to give a shout out to all of our listeners on TuneIn, iTunes, Podbean Player, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Anything else that you're listening to podcast on, thank you so much for listening, mm-hmm. and I really, truly thank you. Um, when you're done listening to our podcast today, you're done checking out the movie, listening to my friends. If you're looking for something else to do, why not take a trial at audibletrial.com slash SMP. You can get a 30-day free trial, get a free ebook or audiobook. I don't know why I would say that wrong, but <laughs> just check it out. And you know what? If you decide it's not for you and cancel, you keep your free book. If you decide to keep going, I believe they start about $15 a month. So definitely worth your money if you're someone who listens to a lot uh, while you're working out or driving or what have you. Um, And, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you all next Wednesday with a new episode. Um, I'll get right out there and figure out what that is uh, in the morning because it's late. (laughs) Oh, and Jax, Jax. Yeah. Do you hear that? Believe it or not, folks, that was an actual joke from the movie. Yes, that was. And now I'm going to go and play some more Pokemon Go. Go Team Instinct. Have a good day.